Hello, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Unknown. I'm your host, Austin, and sorry that I haven't been recording. I've been caught up on school stuff. So, yeah, let's just move on from that. Today's episode is going to be on Anubis, a.k.a. the God of, of Death. Anubis is known as the god of death and is the oldest and most popular of ancient Egyptian deities. The ancient Egyptians revered Anubis highly because they believed he had tremendous power of both their physical and spiritual selves when they died. References to Anubis are found in texts dating back to the Old Kingdom. His fame lasted until the Middle Kingdom, when his role as God of Death was taken over by Orias, and Anubis became Orias's assistant. That's kind of weird, don't you think? The God of Death becomes... doesn't become the, the God of Death anymore. He becomes the God of Death's assistant. I find that fairly weird. Tell me what you think. Message me after you're done listening to the podcast, and tell me what your thoughts on Anubis are. Anubis is, a Greek, in Greek, is the Greek translation of what the ancient Egyptians called him originally. Inpu or Enpu. Although the ancient Egyptians' word for royal child was is Inpu, it is more likely that this god's name stems from the word Imp, which means the decay. The Anubis form. Anubis was either seen as a man with a jackal head, or completely in the form of a jackal. In ancient Egypt, scavengers like jackals ruled the cemeteries. They dug up the freshly buried and tore up their flesh and ate it. Historians believe that this is what prompted the ancients to portray the god of the afterlife as a jackal. To fight fire with fire. New genetic research indicates that the ancient Egyptian jackal was not a jackal, but an ancient wolf. Anubis' skin often dis depicted as black, while jackals are typically brown. The reason is that the color black is symbol of, is a symbol of death, but also a symbol of the Nile's fertile and black soil. I didn't know the Nile had f- black soil. Hmm. Weird. Anubis wore many hats as the god of the afterlife. In the very ancient history, Anubis was known to be the absolute ruler of the underworld, called Dwat. Sorry if I'm pronouncing some of these words wrong. I don't know how to say them. Later theories indicate that this rule was taken over by Orias. The Guardian of the Scales. One of his many roles surrounding the dead included the 
guardian of scales, where he di dictated the fate of souls, as depicted in the Book of the Dead. That sounds like the Grim Reaper. Maybe he is the Grim Reaper of ancient Egypt. That would make sense, because uh, Anubis is, since Anubis is Orias's assistant now, that would make sense that he would be the Grim Reaper of ancient Egypt, because Grim Reaper is assistant of the devil in American beliefs. Uh, where was I? Anubis weighs the descendant's heart against the weight of a feather. The feather represents math or truth. If the scale of justice tipped toward the heart, the dead person would be consumed by Emmet, a female demon the ancient Egypt's dubbed devourer of the dead. I don't think we have that in America. <laughs> Sounds scary. Um, if the scale of justice tipped toward the feather, Anubis would lead the dis descendant to Orias so he could ascend to a worthy existence in heaven. Hmm. Weird. For Ice and here is the devil. Pretty sure. American devil. The devil in America doesn't pick whether they go to heaven or they get sent down to the underworld. I don't know. The god of embalming and mummification. Anubis, Anubis held the important role of overseeing the embalming, embalming and mummification of the dead. The daughter of Anubis, Kebachet, 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 is frequently seen as his assist, assistant in the mummification process of the dead. Ancient Egypts believed that Anubis sniffed the bodies of the dead, so they preserved them with sweet-smelling herbs and plants. Anubis also assisted in the opening of the mouth ritual to ensure a good burial. Open, opening of the mouth. Sounds weird, man. This ritual was performed so the dead person could eat and speak in the afterlife. Oh. So they can open their mouth in the afterlife? Okay. Okay. This ritual was performed so the dead person could eat and speak in the afterlife. Yep. Protector of tombs. As the H.E. Egyptian god responsible for protect, protecting the dead, many prayers to Anubis were carved into the tombs, into their tombs. 
Anubis held this role until Arias gained popularity and took it over. There's some information on the side. I'll read that at the end. How Anubis became god in of Mbaling. The mythology of the story varies, but according to legend, Arias's brother Seth killed Arias. Osiris. Sorry, I've been saying Arias. It's Osiris. Osiris. Osiris's brother Seth killed Osiris by luring him into a fancy coffin. At least he got a fancy coffin. Sealing it shut and pushing it into the Nile. Ooh. Ooh. Gross. Osiris's wife and sister, Isis. Dude, that's messed up. Sorry. It's not messed up. Still. Still. Uh, her, his sister's wife's name's Isis. Osiris's wife and sister, Isis, retrieved Osiris's body on the... Phoenician coastline. But an angry... But an angry Seth chopped up Osiris's body, scattered it throughout Egypt. So, were they actual people before? And then they died? And then became gods? I have no idea, man. But Mythology's confusing. Anubis, Isis, and Nephthys set about to find the pieces and were successful except for Osiris's Phallus. Another Egyptian, another Egyptian god called Thoth helped restore the body and Anubis wrapped Osiris's Osiris in linen, the action of which bestowed on him the title He who is in the place of embalming. Why linen? Literally, why linen? Hmm. Tell me what you guys think about what I'm reading. Please correct me if I say some things that you think are wrong. On to the next section. A dysfunctional family tree. This got to be fun. Several versions of exist of how Anubis came into being. Sun, Nephthys, and Osiris. The most popular version is that Anubis is the son of Nephthys and Osiris as the goddess of darkness, Nephthys, 
would naturally be mother to a god who oversaw the embalming process and also guided the guided souls into the afterlife. Another one is Son of Nephthys and Seth. It is also speculated that Seth and it is Anubis's father. In this version, it is believed that Nephthys disguised herself as Osiris. Osiris's beautiful sister, Isis, to Beget and a half brother for Horus. As Seth is the god of darkness, storms, and destruction, it is easy to see how Anubis became, could be his son. Son of Nephthys and Ra. Ra's the sun god, isn't he? Yes, yeah, it In early mythologies text, Ra, also known as the sun god, was depicted as being Anubis' father. While his mother was speculated as being Hezat, the cow goddess, Bestet, the cat-headed warfare goddess, or Nephthys. Tell me what you guys think. Who is who would be who do you think is Anubis' father? Who do you think is his mother? Also, tell me what his tell me what you think of his sibling who his siblings really are. A shrine for Anubis. Anubis was worshipped all over Egypt and his cult center was Sinopolis, located in the seventeenth Nome, also known as province of Upper, Upper Egypt. Translated, Sinopolis is Greek for City of the Dog. Nubis is an ancient wolf or a what they thought was a jackal, which are dogs. So, Which fits well because of the close relation between jackals and dogs, and the fact that some scholars believe Anubis was indeed an ancient wolf. That's exactly what I just said. Just sounded better. What the way they said it sounded better. A shrine for Anubis was discovered in King Tut's tomb. Ooh, maybe King Tut is Anubis. Or his descendants. I mean, his, uh, ascendants. However you want to call them. His ancestors. Made of wood, plaster, lacquer, lacquer, and gold leaf. The statue depicts Anubis in animal form in a recumbent position exactly how he is in his hieroglyphic hieroglyphs hieroglyph as the sledge it rested on would indicate the shrine was probably used in the funeral process of the great pharaoh and was oriented to the west 
to help guide the Pharaoh into the afterlife. That's true. That actually be a pretty good idea. We should start that in America. Which the ancient Egypts believed was in the direction of the setting sun. Well, west. So, yeah. That would make sense. Right? Either setting sun or rising sun, you would want, you would think the afterlife would be. So, what do you think? Afterlife, you go towards the setting sun or the rising sun. What do you guys think? The next section is Anubis in art. Aside from the Anubis statue discovered in King Tut's tomb, his representation, his representation can be found frequently in ancient Egypt art. In the Valley of the Kings, an image of Anubis and his role as jackal ruler of the bows was often used to seal tombs. The nine bows represented all of all the enemies of Egypt, and it was believed that Anubis had defeated every one of them. Anubis's Anubis masks and statue statue statutes statuettes dating back to early to late. Ptolemaic period, which is 332 to 30 BC, exists in museums today. Sneak peek Anubis, Anubis facts. Anubis was a god of the dead in the underworld until the Middle King, until the Middle Kingdom, when his role was taken over by Arias. We went over that in the beginning. He is one of the oldest gods, referencing in texts back as far as the Old Kingdom. Anubis is the inventor and god, inventor and god of embalming and mummification. He guided the dead, the death through the underworld called Dwat. Anubis was the god guardian of scales used to weigh the hearts. And death of dead souls. Sorry. His high level of anatomical knowledge, due to embalming, made him the patron of anesthesiology. Anesthesiology. Sorry, I don't know how to say that. I will put the word down in the description so you guys know what I'm talking about. A crouching statue of Anubis took a central place in Tutankhamun's tomb. Do you know who Tutankhamun is? It's King Tut, who was a very famous pharaoh who died very, very young. He died in his teens. He got married in his teens. I will go over King Tut and Egyptian history in different and another another podcast. It's plural podcasts. Sorry. His high level of 
anatomical knowledge due to the embalming made him the Patreon. Okay, I already read that. Priests who performed the embalming of dead corpses wore a jackal mask. That'd be scary. I would not be want to be mummified by people with jackal masks. I wouldn't be what I would not want to be mummified in general. When we go over the history, I'll also go over when we go over the traditions of ancient Egypt. I will also go over the mummification process. That would be marked explicit. I might mark this explicit because of the beginning in the. Nah. Should be fine. Yeah. It will be fine. This one will not be marked explicit, but the mummification episode will. Greek mythologies blend Hermes with Anubis to result in the god Hermanubis. Why? Who is Hermanubis? I'll go over him. I'll go over him in another episode as well. That is it for the page. I just got to read the little bit of information that I said I would on the side. So, name is Anubis. His father, one of his suspected fathers was Seth. One of his suspected mothers with was Nephthys. Its companions are Anput and Isis, which I'm pretty sure are his suspected siblings. His children are Kabashet and Ermut. Ermut. Its symbol is a black jackal. Its cult center is Sinopolis. Its Greek name is Hermes. Oh yeah, because the Greek, Greek, the Greeks, the most way that they got their gods is through Egypt, Egyptian mythology. They just renamed them. All mythologies are connected in one in one way. Every mythology got some of their. Myth, ancient mythology from other ancient mythologies, like Greek Greek mythology, got most of their knowledge from ancient Egyptian mythology. I can't remember what came first, Norse or Greek. I think it was Norse. I don't know. Actually, no. I think Greek mythology came first. And then Norse, because... Mm, I don't know. Hmm. We're just going to say that Greek mythology came first. I will go over that. Once I do Norse mythology on here. But that is the end of this episode. As always, 
shout out to my other podcast, which is called Cryptics Podcast. It is on Spotify and Anchor. My podcast is now out on Spotify and Apple Music. And also, of course, Anchor. Um, not, not Apple Music. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Hopefully it'll go out on other podcasts, websites, and apps later in the future. But also shout out to my friend Tyler's podcast. It is called Saving American Morals. But the title is S.A.M. Go check out his podcast. Tell him one of his messages of the podcast episodes that I sent you. And as always, have a very nice day. And good luck to anything you guys have planned. Have a good one. See ya. I did not say this while I was reading the information during the podcast episode, but the website I got this information from is called Ancient Egypt Online. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Ancient Egypt Online. If you want to read over it and don't want to go back back in the podcast to listen to it again and have to find all again, there I'll post the link of the website in the description. Sorry, I did not mention that in the podcast, but yeah, I did mentioning it now. This is a separately recorded segment. Enjoy the podcast.